Hey Kyle, this is Sierra Lynch. I am talking to you from Bangkok, Thailand. I'm about four months into my trip around Asia, and I just finished celebrating the Songkran Festival, aka uh, Thai New Year, aka the Water Festival. So I basically just spent three days with a squirt gun shooting Thai people in the face with water. <laughs> Thai people of all ages. It was a fucking blast. Anyway, looking forward to seeing you in LA in a couple weeks. Take care. That was a message from one of our listeners who also happens to be a previous podcast guest who also happens to be one of my favorite porn stars. You can go back to episode number 68 to listen to Ciara Lynch and Alexandra Snow. We, uh, we met up at Burning Man and did a podcast together. This conversation is with Aaron Alexander. Aaron is the host of Align Podcast. Uh, He's a really thoughtful guy. He's a movement and rolfing coach. And I really had no idea what we were going to get into during this conversation, but we hit record and uh, it turned out to be a thoughtful and hilarious conversation. He's a, a really smart guy. He's got a lot of knowledge and I recommend to all of you checking out uh, that you all check out his podcast. I'm coming to you right now from the North Shore of Oahu. I'm out here to take the Big Wave Risk Assessment Group course tomorrow um, and I'll get some more podcasts for you out here. And then um, I'm hopping over to the Big Island to go on uh, a little hunting trip. So tons of good conversations coming at you in the days ahead. Um, And as always, you can head over to my website, kyle.surf. If you enjoy this podcast, it is an ad-free podcast, so please make donations. Um, I really do rely on people like you to support the show. Um, You can also get in touch with me on Instagram or on my website, kyle.surf. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, Aaron Alexander. Kyle Tierman here. I'm in Cape Town. I was the only journalist in northern Nigeria. Not an adventure until you get lost in Tijuana. You get caught inside by a giant wave, you feel really alone. I love the adventure of waking up and not knowing what will happen and that being my job. I'm standing at a desert oasis right now. A lot of tourists don't see this part of Bali. Smiles and thumbs up. Thumbs up. Welcome to the Kyle Tierman Show. I'm gonna Have you had? This is the cheesiest, worst question to ever ask that you've been asked a million times. Have you had like close near death type experiences with the surfing? Um, no, I have been in some very frightening experiences before where I really had to buckle down and be like, all right, Kyle, this is what you train for. Hmm. This is it, dude. Don't fuck around. But I've never been in a point where I felt like I was underwater and so out of breath that I was going to pass out. Um, I've found that most times that I wipe out on a big wave, uh, and I'm underwater, I'm able to click in to, uh, quote unquote, my happy place or, and just know that it's going to be okay. And just that panicking will only make it worse. Uh, 
so that I wouldn't consider any of that, any of those near death experiences. Hmm. Um, I had a, a frightening experience in Ireland. I was just there on a trip, uh, two weeks ago and I was surfing a, a very powerful wave, um, at the base of these thousand foot cliffs and there's a castle on top of the cliffs. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. Um, What's it called? For, we'll put like in the show notes, a little video thing. Um, it. It's just a, a wave in Ireland. <laughs> I don't want to really, Oh, you, Oh, you don't want to release. That's yeah. Good. I don't uh, tend to talk about exact. It's not a secret spot, but I just don't like to, that's good. Um, yeah, I respect that. That's awesome to, to talk about names of spots, but, uh, great point. Anyway, I had been surfing out there for like three or four hours with my friend and this place jacks up on a reef and explodes with power that I've rarely seen before Mm. in my life. And it's also a way where you have to take off from behind the peak and, and pull into, you know, 15, 20 foot faces, um, on the waves and I was gassed. We were surfing in five millimeter wetsuits and gloves and booties, which makes everything a lot more difficult. It's kind of like high altitude training, you know, surfing in Maui as opposed to surfing uh, here with a wetsuit. Right. Um, it's a lot more constrictive. And I had I was paddling in, really tired, and there's one specific uh, little area that you can paddle in and the rest of it is covered in rocks and uh like big six foot boulders um that you couldn't navigate through and there's eight foot white water um crashing on that part of the beach and i kind of got lazy and let myself get sucked down past the channel section that i could go in and a really big set came and i got caught in it and my calf cramped up my left calf and if anyone's ever had a bad calf cramp in um while surfing it's the equivalent of like a broken leg you really can't move and i was there and there was a point when i was getting really close to this patch of of boulders and i thought like oh this is this is not good if I get caught on one of these because no one saw me come in here and there's not going to be anyone to come get me. So I just navigated it as well as I could. And luckily there was only like three waves and I was able to paddle back out and then sprint paddle over to the channel area. But, um, areas that I'm unfamiliar with, I think I've put myself in the most dangerous places in. Um, and that was one of them. It was the first time I'd ever surfed the wave. It was really big and I wasn't really aware of, um, all of the landmines on the, on the inside. So that was a time that was just two, two weeks ago and it was kind of scary, but I wouldn't consider that a, a near death experience. You heard with, um, animals when they get like a zebra gets eaten by an, a lion or something, they end up getting juiced up with all these endorphins and such as they, so it ends up, they go into this, like, like you describe as a happy place. So you think like, Oh God, it's horrible. It's like the lion's you know teeth are in his neck. But apparently for the, you can kind of see it in the videos. They kind of go into this place where it's like their eyes glaze back and it's like, whatever. Yeah, I would. I don't don't think think it would probably be that far. No, I don't. Well, I think that that's actually an opposite experience of what you're having when you're underwater because Mm. the 
the zebra's given up, right? That's this point of letting go. And if you're underwater getting tumbled, it's a very, um, it's a very conscious space to be in. It's like, I'm, I like, I doubt the zebra is thinking like, okay, I'm at a, I'm in a waterfall right now. And there's a, there's a lake below me and there's a beautiful female zebra, uh, right on the side of the rocks there. And I'm creating this vivid experience to, to distract myself from the fact that the lion is eating me right now. Right. Right. The zebra is just blissed out and gone. Whereas if I'm underwater, I'm creating a very detailed picture um, Mm. in my mind to distract myself, but also stay present enough to know if it's time to start swimming up or if I would be wasting energy by swimming up because I'm still getting tumbled by the wave. So it's almost analytical. Hmm. Do you find yourself, do you find with, with the surfing, is that something that's helpful to snap you out of like the, the social media haze? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. I, I rely on our natural world so much. And if I'm not consistently like really getting in it, not just like, Oh, I'm going to go play in the ocean and wash it all off, which is great too. Like if I'm not doing something that's really hard, um, I've recently become, uh, more into bow hunting and there's a lot of good bow hunting around Santa Cruz and it's hard. There's like that feeling of, Oh, fuck, this is tough. Um, or in Santa Cruz, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of fun ways that you can hurt yourself. So I try and engage myself <laughs> as much as possible in those. Yeah. That, I think that, I, I think there's something to that with like the, the addiction to all the social medias and just addiction, to all these, these things that don't really help us be better people in general. We don't really have much hard stuff. Like we've done a really good job throughout the last probably, you know, you could say a long time, but like since the Aquarian age, like 10,000 years of bringing food to us and bringing every, now we're in this point where like you literally can just sit on your couch, press buttons and shit will come to you. I mean, look at us. We're like, hey, yo, so I don't want to work. All I like doing is sitting on the couch and smoking weed. Do you think that if you just got me a microphone, I could make a, a living doing this? Cool. So I still don't need to move. Nothing. I can talk with my friends and all we need to do is hold microphones. No. Hire me. It's happening. Yeah. We're in it. We're in the thick of it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Come on. Trying to talk about, you're like, yeah, I just want to save the world. You know, I want to help people. I want to help people with their postures. I think that it's holding us back. No, dude. You just want to talk shit with your I friends. Just want to sit right here. Have a good time. <laughs> it's okay to be honest, man. <laughs> We're in it together. It's just you and me. I, so I've been trying, I started hot yoga recently. You get down on hot yoga at all? Oh, I get down on the get down. Do you get down on the hot yoga? Yeah, I get down on the hot yoga and the hot Pilates. Oh, good. There's a hot Pilates studio in Santa Cruz. It's 40, 50 year old, gorgeous women <laughs> and me. That was a lot of numbers, but it's like the call on me video. You know, they call on me, call on me. And it's this guy in 80s outfit, and there's gorgeous women all around him, and they're all doing uh, aerobics together. I have no idea what you're talking about. You have no idea what I'm talking somebody, about? Somebody does, I'm sure. Somebody does. Call on me. <laughs> Google the call on me video. <laughs> and then picture all those women 30 years older and me. 
that's hot Pilates. Dude, that's legit. Yeah. Well, so with the, with the hot Pilates stuff, I find it just like, it puts you in a, a place of, it's kind of like this nice little, little pill or pocket of feeling just, you're just being dredged out at one point throughout the day. And I, I personally feel super toxic and super just like, yeah. I'll just, the cell phone becomes a lot more shiny the longer it's been since I've done something where I feel like I really got, got twisted out like that. Oh, it's a beautiful way to put it. It's kind of an interesting thing. You know, so I, I find surfing, same thing like before we did this, like I needed to go for a walk, you know, so I'm like, okay, I want to take my shoes off. I want to go outside and kind of just like have that little connection, you know, and it's kind of like you, you could think of nature as being somewhat of like a, like a teat, you know, it's like we're sucking on the nature's tea. We're kind of getting the juices from it. The longer a person goes from being connected to that, the more we start going into depressive type tendencies. Nature's tea. Nature's tea, man. That's real. You got shit. a lot of real sexual uh, analogies. Nature's tea. You're telling me about the bee pollen, and you're like, so you know, in springtime, <laughs> it's kind of like it's kind of like all the plants are just ejaculating on you. What? How did you put it? I, uh, bukaki. Bukaki. <laughs> he said you're getting bukakied on <laughs> by bee pollen. <laughs> Increases testosterone, man. That's real talk. Real talk. Real talk. <laughs> yeah, I, I dig it, man. Sex sells. Pay, Dude, that's pay a real thing. We should. It. We should. I mean, we should highlight that. I think. So so so, <laughs> so in the spring, there's a sensation that everybody gets of feeling like you get more libido. You feel you feel good. You feel uplifted. You feel stronger. All of a sudden, you're hitting PRs on your whatever, you know. And then w- along with that, it's not just the fact that you're getting more sun. That's probably a huge part of it. But it also literally is the the plants are 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 screwing each other essentially. You know, they're they're spreading their seed through each other and pollinating, and a part of that you are you're getting bukkakied by them <laughs> you're breathing in that pollen right so as you're breathing in that pollen it's a, it's a similar thing like we're talking oh man this is going to go out there um, so we're talking about like Taoist sex practices and such and so semen has been you know for thousands of years been considered this this prized fluid that's kind of like it's like the, the fluid of immortality in a way so if you keep it inside of your body this is like old Chinese and Taoist master folks they would talk about this stuff as being it's it's kind of like the the fountain of youth of sorts and uh, so you can buy pollen and put it in your smoothies and it's supposed to increase testosterone same thing with um, swallowing ejaculate I mean, that's real. We can edit that out. No. But that's real. That's We're re- definitely that's, not that's, editing that's, that out. That's real talk. Real talk. That's... <laughs> um, Do you know moths? All right. Wait. Moths, when they, they die, when, so they have... So, so a lot of critters in nature... Aaron, <laughs> I need to ask you a question, man. <laughs> Please be honest with me. Oh, God. Have you ever drank an ejaculation? Drink? Yeah, I've tried mine twice. What was it like? <laughs> Have you ever drank in your pee? No. All right. It is weird that we think that that's gross because we have our semen uh, drank. Drinking? Why, why am I spacing out? I'm not sure. Anyway, women drink our semen. Yeah. Women and that's why it's I not gross. It. I want to know what's going right. on. So right. it's not, it's not like, Oh my God, you're eating shit or something like that because no one wants that. Um, but I think that more than anything, it's a kind of a cultural, like my, 
aversion to like, oh, like initially, oh, I think is very, is a result of culture. Of course. Right? It's, oh, yeah. it's a result of that. Like, um, I mean, it's, do you think that it might even be a, a result of, of like deeper, deeply ingrained homophobia? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's like the, so from like a structural perspective, it's kind of interesting when you look at if a woman wears a skirt or if she has insecurity around her genitals, women tend to have more scoliosis than, than men. So adolescent women, girls, right around the time that they have, um, they start growing boobs, you know, they end up, and there's also a lot of other things happening. They end up, their spines end up sometimes kind of curling into this like scoliotic twisted pattern. Right. And so it's like, it's this cultural thing where it's like, okay, it's weird in school to have boobs out of my chest and I have blood coming out of my body. And it's like this interesting time and being flooded by all these hormones and it kind of puts you in this place of wanting to hide inside of your body. And so there's a, a significantly higher incidence of, of girls spines starting to curve in that time frame. Wow. You know, so it's like a really interesting example again of this, this physical, mold that we live in it's not just a structural mold in the sense of okay dude you're, like, you're sitting shittily on the chair all the time so now your spine's falling forward it's also you're in this consciousness soup here and so people's ideas like you can feel when someone's looking at you right there's like everybody knows that that's not that's not woo at all like you can feel it you know and so so with that when people are are kind of judging and that like that's forming our our, our physical body <laughs> you know, we're, re- we're really, we're more malleable than, than what we think, you know? Yeah. Wow. That's a, a very good point. It's the, the invisible that's all around us. Yeah. So when did I get taught to think that drinking your own cum <laughs> is gross? Let's bring it back. Yeah. Let's yeah, bring it back. Yeah. It's a real thing. Back in the days when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. Well, even physical contact in general. Right. You know, so that's, the, it's like, we don't, we we're super, super uncomfortable with the idea of even like being touched by a man, you know, like, have you ever explored, this is, this is probably gonna be out there. People would be some judgment on this, but have you ever explored, like, I'm, I'm not gay. Like I've explored it in my mind and I've had like close, some close encounters, but haven't, haven't gone too deep, but I'm, I'm curious. You know, like that, that how much of my perception of myself, my sexuality, the ideas, the things that I, my values is just from this superficial indoctrination and how much is, is genuinely coming from something deeper than that. And homosexuality is like one of the biggest taboos as a young man, <laughs> you know? So, so for me, like I had that, I, I've had that curiosity of like, okay, what's, what's true and what is just something that I learned because I didn't want to be like called a fag in elementary school. So I've explored the thoughts in my head. And like once the, once the, once the penis gets near my face, I'm like, no, put it away. And so I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm gay. <laughs> but I think it's a worthy thought experiment just to kind of, just kind of question like, you know, what is, what was learned and what is coming from, you know, the next layer down, whatever that is. I love it, man. <laughs> I, I I love doing these kinds of thought experiments. And I also love having an epiphany of like, wait, where does that thought come from? Yeah, man. Hmm. 
Yeah. Touching each other, like dance as well is a really fascinating thing. Like you have a mold of what, especially because you come from like surfer bro culture, probably I need to learn more about where you come from, but I'd imagine certainly some of it to make it to where you have, um, you know, so being masculine is important. You know, so you go to a surf lineup and you start waving your hands around like an ecstatic dancer, ballerina or something like that. Like, good luck. It's probably not going to be a good idea. I'm doing the thought experiment in my head. All right. The penis in the face or the the ballet? Everyone do it with me. Everyone do it with me. (laughs) Who's a man who's listening right now. All right. I want you to picture ejaculating into a cup. Look at that cup. Now swig it back. What does it feel like? Taste like? Smell like? Okay, how are you doing right now? <laughs> how are we doing? I was good at how you did? said smell like. The smell like really messed me up. I don't know. I've never smelled semen. That's what I'm saying. This is a whole You've new thing for me. You've never tried your own semen? I've never tried my own semen. No, that's oh, what I'm saying. I'm dude. doing this thought experiment and Tonight. I'm seeing like, all right, are you okay with this? Yeah, get in there. I, I, it's le- on next week's episode everyone has kyle swallowed his own semen it's legitimately nutritious there's a there's another interesting i don't swallow my semen i literally it was like a little dab just to check it out um but another interesting thing that i'm reading in this book by a guy called montak chia and it's uh cultivating male sexual energy kind of gets in all the semen talk which i think is where we started with this um but one of the things that it, it mentions there that I thought was pretty interesting was, so a lot of critters in nature, once they ejaculate, they end up dying. Like they, after that, it's like, cool, you made the journey, you ejaculated, you spread the seed. That was your evolutionary goal. Congratulations. Check out, you know? And so it's, it's what they get into with the whole like Taoist conserving your, your semen and all that and the sacred fluid. Um, one of the things they mentioned was that you will tend to resent, subconsciously resent your girlfriend for taking your, your semen. And I've noticed that in myself of feeling like if I'm, you know, squirting about a lot, you know, you get kind of like tired afterwards because your body's good. It's like two to 500 million little sperms are inside there from what I read in my Montauk Chia cultivating male sexual energy book. Fact check me. You know, but throughout that, that's like if they each one of those individual sperms had an egg, then you could you could uh, fill up North America with people. Repopulate Mars. You could repopulate Mars, bro. I guess it would just be populate, one of your loads. Populate. We don't know that there's there would be no re unless. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. That we've been on Mar- Mars at some point, and we're just living in a mirrored universe right now. Okay, <laughs> let's keep it, keep it back on this. Just Swallowing. Thread. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Let's go deep down this rabbit hole. But, but so that's just an interesting thing of, of just something again to kind of tune into of some of like the subconscious things that happen within a relationship. Something that I have, have, have felt is a sensation of feeling like a little bit tired, a little bit drained. And I wonder if there could be some truth to what these people have been saying of like kind of making like a little resentment there. Cause they're like sucking your, your energy. Can you, uh, come and not ejaculate yeah man yeah it's totally fine 
Like, so, so there's a couple of things you can do for one. There's, they call it the million dollar point, right? Which is like no big deal. You could teach anybody this, right? So there's, there's an area right around like the Gooch type territory there, right? So if you just press that, that space down, right? At like the bottom of the shaft. I love of, that you're doing it of the right junk. now. Oh yeah. No, no problem. <laughs> yeah. You know, so if you just press, press that, that the, just like base of the shaft territory and there's kind of like a soft spot that you'll feel around the time that you're about to ejaculate, it'll kind of, uh, it'll, it'll, it'll block it essentially. The other thing that people can do, it's called the big draw. So I'm all excited about, you know, cause I'm like, I'm like in the thick of this. I love stuff. that you're breathing deeply into the microphone. Dude, yeah. Well, <laughs> I have an erection right now. Too. <laughs> <laughs> I have an erection oh, pointed God. directly at Kyle. Okay. Keep going. What's the other thing that it's you the can big do? Draw. Yeah. So they call it testicle breathing as well. This is real talk. Going in. <laughs> so by strengthening these muscles called the pubococcygeal muscles around your, your perineum, your pelvic floor territory, um, you can actually cultivate, you can strengthen those muscles enough so that you can actually, instead of you having to reach down and, and grab yourself by the gooch, girls can do this as well. They can learn how to do all this, the same stuff. Um, you can just engage that area and stop it yourself. The goal is to live in around like, you know, instead of going up to like 95%, like, you know, it's too much. If you can start to kind of like dance inside that like 70% territory, now you can really start to build that sexual energy inside of your body. You can think of that sexual energy is almost like you're filling up a bike pump. Most men, um, they're moving, walking around the world with a bunch of deflated tires and all day it's like, and we become kind of addicted to that sensation because you get that momentary dopamine, serotonin, like, oh, it feels good. I'm a big, strong man. You know, but then you have this deflated tire for the rest of the day. Shit's real talk. No, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so you can keep yourself from ejaculating. You can drink your own semen. Renaissance. It, it helps you um, become a stronger man. Um yeah, you ever do run, swim, runs though, man? No, I've never done that. You could just put all that stuff to the side and run, swim, runs were great. <laughs> what is a run, swim, run? You run on a beach, <laughs> oh, you good. swim a buoy, and you keep running. Oh, that gets you back. Yeah. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, so I could just do that. And still. And keep <laughs> gling, as you say. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably the sound that we make. What's the longest you've gone without ejaculating? Like. Um, what's the longest I've gone without ejaculating since I started probably like seven or eight days, maybe, All right. maybe on some surf trips where I'm going surfing from sun up till sundown and I can go without ejaculating. But, uh, do you notice any difference or you just end up feeling like more of a, I don't, um, not really. I mean, I think that I like, maybe I get hornier after I haven't. Uh, come for like a week or so mm. maybe but I don't know this is maybe something that I just need to think about more Dude, of like what, what yeah you're like uh, it's all the thing body hacking your sex hacking too yeah it's like what's, it. what's normal you know that's the thing it's, it's like whatever you perceive so there's a, there's an analogy where you know if you wake up in the morning you got take your temperature yeah right and you're just like oh 102.7 okay interesting um, and then you ask somebody else so what's your temperature and it's like 102.7. And you're like, oh, okay, cool, sweet. I feel fucking terrible, but so does everybody else. So it's fine. You know, so it's like figuring out that it's like little things like that. I think it's, it's important to kind of have those moments of, of pulling things out just so we can have a sense of like, wait, 
was my normal for the last 40 years? Was that like, you know, a fraction of my potential? Hold in, hold in your nuts, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You're really throwing my mind here for a loop. Dude. Yeah, this is going to be... Thought experiments. This is going to be big. Um, <clears throat> so do you... I, I'm interested to hear, to talk more about this, like, 75%, to the not the 98%. Because, <laughs> like, I'm always at this point where I'm having sex, and I'm like, oh, God, it's going to happen. Like, all right, think about, think about the latest, like, self-help book, or, like, think about cleaning the bathroom. I do Naked think, Grandma. Naked grandma. I used to do naked right, grandma. Right, but like it's it's taking me away from the situation. Right. Right? So like I think that what you're talking about is staying in yeah. that zone. Staying in it. Yeah, for for longer. So what do you do f- like mentally? So breathing is a big thing with yeah. it. <clears throat> yeah, so the same thing. It's like, so the big draw <laughs> and the, the testicle breathing stuff. So people can look this up. These are like real terms that you can find in like any Taoist sex book. Um, but so it's that, that practice of engaging those muscles around the pelvic floor and then literally, so you can play with like people can do it now. Um, so engaging those muscles and you want to be in like a nice stacked up position as you're doing it. So if your pelvis, similar conversation of like, if you're sitting on a chair and you're kind of folded over like that, you're locking down your spine in such a way that you're not able to move the fluids. You're not able to move cerebral spinal fluid and your joints are in this place of like of, uh, stress. Essentially, if you can stack yourself up all of a sudden you can feel just all the fluids able to move better. So from that stacked up position, you could be sitting on, on the edge of a chair with this, for example, and then you're going to engage those muscles in the pelvic floor. So like the P muscles, you just squeeze them good and tight. And then from there, you can take a breath in, and this is what I gather in the books, and it's something I play with that I think is quite beneficial. You can, as you're breathing in, you visualize that contraction. Almost you can visualize like air or water or, you know, they call it energy a lot in the books, you know, but just visualize fluid moving up the back of your spine, up all the way up into your head. And then they, they it's the... Uh, describe it as going up the back of the head and then you hold this is we're going out there uh, you hold the tongue up to the roof of the mouth right and then from there that completes that circuit and this is all chinese medicine stuff you know so if you go see an acupuncturist they're like right on board with this you know, so you hold the tongue to the roof of the mouth and then you visualize that you could play with on the breath out visualize that energy fluid air moving down the front of your body and it creates this kind of like circle you call it the microcosmic orbit totally crazy shit like saying it in like this conversation this frame it's like okay well Aaron's just completely insane um, but if you take this into like you know a Chinese medicine type conversation like yeah of course it's all connected it's all connected of course it's all connected, the body right? and the mind that's what I'm <laughs> it's all connected um, I can dig it man I can totally dig it I did a, a transformational breath class i did a few of them down at the spot called arrhythmia in costa rica it's a medically licensed um ayahuasca treatment center and they do breath work there and dude i was tripping harder than i ever have on any kind of psychedelic Uh, truth after breathing for an hour this kind of circular like (sighs) i did a podcast with the woman nicole because i afterwards I walked up to her and said, what, uh, what just happened to me? I was 
crying in the fetal position, shaking hmm. after 15 minutes of breathing deeply. And she's like, oh, yeah. It's real shit, man. <laughs> That's her response. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Her That's... name's uh, Nicole, uh, and and she's back, back a ways. But it's I, I I'm a hundred percent on board with the power of the breath and um, posture and connecting it all. I think that it is so so misunderstood, and I think it's fucking great work that you're doing bringing it out here. Over breathing is a big thing as well. Have you ever heard of a book called Oxygen Advantage by, by his name's Patrick McCowan? I believe. No. Okay. I, I have this one here as well. Um, so that's, so one of the things he gets into there for one thing, like, like mouth breathing ends up being pretty detrimental to our bodies, right? So as you're breathing through your nose, your nose is a breathing structure right? your mouth is an eating structure. So as you're breathing through your nose, that breath actually moves up and goes through all of this, these, these different uh, pathways that end up actually releasing nitrous oxide into your body. So you're breathing into this elaborate labyrinth, essentially. And as that air goes into there, you literally release nitrous oxide, which people buy as like a muscle supplement, right? So it increases vascularity and circulation, and it's good for your cock as well. So that's like, you know, it's like, that's when we get Viagra supplement. That's really what we're getting is something that increases circulation to everywhere. There's no like cock supplement, you know, it's just the whole body. So if you're having issues with your penis, that's like a canary in the coal mine for cardiovascular disease. So it's like, that's real talk. Actually, if you're having, if you're, if you're not waking up with like a rock hard, hard on, that's like, okay, this is a real conversation. This isn't just like something like, Oh, a bummer that you talk about with your bros. It's like, we really need to work on that. But breathing through your nose, I'm trying to say is breathing through your nose. Good for your penis. So if you don't wake up hard, there's an issue with your cardiovascular system. Yeah. Yeah. So your, so your, your penis having an erection, that's, you know, I mean, this isn't like new news to anybody. That's, that's, that's blood filling that, right? So if you're having an issue with, with having good circulation throughout your body, then you're just, this just happens to be like this little, like, what is that called? The man that sells the stuff on the, the inflatable guy that flips around. Wacky, what was it? <laughs> you know what I'm wacky something <laughs> inflatable <laughs> tube man. Yeah. Wacky, but yeah. you just happen we've to have, just, yeah. <laughs> we've got too many wacky, <laughs> fuck, what is it? I, I, it's from Family Guy. Yeah. God, I'm blowing it right now. I'm sorry, guys. I dropped the ball on a but great you, Family Guy reference. But you just happen to have like one of those wacky inflatable tube mans. Like, wha- yeah, wacky is it wacky weenie inflatable tube man? Wacky wa- weenie inflatable tube man? We've bought too many. That means we need to sell. You know, sorry, guys. Dude, All I'm, right. a, I'm trying to have a deep biological conversation. Sorry, <laughs> you, should, you shouldn't hang out with me. <laughs> I do this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's trying to make a great point. And I also apologize for cutting you off way earlier as soon as you're about to go down the squirrel analogy about uh, we were talking about springtime. Mm. You, you said you were saying springtime and I had to ask you if you had drank in your own semen. No, that was a perfect segue. That yeah. was, that was... So I don't know if that's a point that you want to make because I hate it when I no, cut that's, people off. No, that segue felt seamless to okay. me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was masterful. It was seamless. <laughs> 
I, I just think of semen and masturbation. Did anyone else seamless and masterful? Now, now I have Freudian slips everywhere. Now that we're doing on this show. So Freud had a lot of a lot yeah. of uh, issues with his. What was he? This, we got to fact check this because I'm not I'm not sure about this. But he had a lot of sexual issues growing up with his family. I think he was like sexually abused. There was. Do you know the story with that? No. All right. Well, we'll have to fact check that. But it is interesting when how how that works when we become so obsessed with something. Usually it comes from a place of like. You know, something kind of traumatic. That's kind of the situation with him as well. Okay, so cardiovascular, you're making a point there. What can we do? Just so more over, no, over, more bre- over breathing is yeah. a big thing. So that's okay. so that's something. So our body, we end up need, you probably know more about this than I do, I bet. Um, maybe you could talk about it. Um, you know, but as we're breathing, we, it's the sensitivity to carbon dioxide that makes us want to take that breath in again. So as we're breathing, if we're over breathing, we're end up, essentially, we're kind of like making ourselves... Mm, hypersensitive to carbon dioxide. So if you can, you can practice slowing down your breath, you know, so something that you could play with is like, as you walk between phone poles, you know, if you're not gonna be surfing all the time, having to hold your breath, something you can play with, is just walk by a phone pole, hold your breath until the next phone pole. And what your body eventually does is it becomes less sensitive to that carbon dioxide. You know, so people that are now with the Wim Hof stuff and all that, it's kind of like, the trend is veering almost to, to like overbreathing, you know, but then there's other, there's other really, really good work around actually how slowing down your breath can be really beneficial for your body as a whole. There's a lot of other points to it too, but that just is like, you'll be able to hold your breath more because you become less sensitive to that, to uh, that carbon dioxide. Yeah. Um, and have better hard ones. You know, why air is a lot like <laughs> sex. <laughs> You know why air is a lot like sex? No, tell me. Because it's no big deal until you're not getting any. Dude, tell me about it. You can use that one. That's so what <laughs> you're talking about breathing and you're talking about sex a lot. I think you could pull that one out of your back pocket. I don't know why I'm so so excited about breath and sex around. It's not normally the thing. Mm. People, listeners know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they know, guys. It's not me. It's it's not the real Aaron. This is this is totally an aberration. I, I don't think or talk about this at all, or masturbate in the fetal position in front of a mirror. It's not me. Completely irregular. Uh, no, the, the what we were. Um, what were we just talking about? Oh, I don't know. I got wrapped up in the. <laughs> got, Sorry, guys. <laughs> Drop the ball. Um, well, I. Uh, I said I, I learned that one when I was taking a uh, a breath holding course. Mm. Um, I've taken a number of breath holding courses that are taught by an organization called Performance Freediving. And they train people to um, world breaking, uh, world record breaking um, free dives, uh, and they also have a big wave course that I think was the most single most helpful course or, or learning I ever could have taken to prepare to surf bigger waves. Um, and for three days, they teach you proper breath hold technique. Um, you do a number of different, uh, simulations. So one would be you go, you do a bunch of burpees on the side of the pool and then they throw you in and someone tackles you and you need to hold your breath for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, part of the class is in pools, that's where you also do a static apnea breath hold, where you breathe up and get your optimal oxygen level, uh, and then you hold your breath for as long as you can. And a partner, uh, 
a partner is right beside you and they tap you on the shoulder every 20 seconds. You need to put a finger up and then put the finger down so they know that you're still conscious and you can push it right to the end because you're in a controlled environment. They also have part of the class happen out at, uh, in the ocean. So when I took it in Santa Cruz, we got to go out to, uh, the mile buoy outside of the Santa Cruz Harbor and we set up, um, we set up buoys and weights with lines at the bottom of the the buoys and it goes down 60 feet right there and they taught us how to swim down to the bottom of the ocean at the mile buoy mm. and surprisingly man after three days it's not that hard how when you swim down a mile no no how, no no the, the mile the mile? the mile buoy was out it was 60 it's out a mile away it's out a mile and it's 60 feet down what is the record Oh, the record for for free divers is uh, fuck. What is it? Someone Adam Skolnick told me this. He's a, a he wrote a book called One Breath, all about America's greatest free diver. And I had him on my my podcast. Um, I don't even want to say it, but there's because it'll be wrong. But there is a a discipline in the free diving world where you hold on to this big weight. You kind of like bear hug it and someone will pull a level, a lever and it drops you down to the bottom of the ocean. And all you need to do is equalize boom, 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 boom Mm -hmm. on your way down. And then the record is to swim up from (laughs) a long way down. I wish I had the numbers right now, but it is a crazy sport because the goal is to get yourself it's to push yourself so deep that you're right on the edge of blacking out. Whoa. And it's also a, a euphoric experience to be down that deep. And your mind goes through all kinds of stuff. Like when we were doing the static apnea breath hold, you initially get a diaphragm spasm. That's your, your body's first um, kind of signal. Like, hey, we got a little... Uh, we got a little CO2 build up here. What's what's going on? Let's check to the brain. But you're not even a quarter to the way of passing out when that first diaphragm spasm happens. Right. So they teach you how to um, be okay with those little, oh, I need to breathe, ba- uh, spasm burps. And as you said, just practicing throughout the day really uh, helps your ability to not have those those urges to breathe feel as strong. Um, but there's a point, man, like when you're a few minutes in, when things start to feel real nice and you get a good warm feeling over you, you know, it's kind of like this golden bath that starts showering you. And usually it's really pleasant thoughts in the midst of these big diaphragm spasms. I like that you said golden bath instead of golden shower. The golden bath. Yeah. We've gone far enough down that yeah, road today. I'm keeping it PC to, yeah. from here on out, bro. <laughs> <It's time> to, <laughs> fucking come back. Corrupting my podcast listeners. I Sweet met a, little ears. I met a guy that recently that he's he's really into free diving and yeah. he was he was saying that he just literally like the day before he was he was like had to be pulled out and um because he passed out. And he was like one of the most euphoric people that I think I've ever met. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, I pretty much almost, yeah, you know, if they didn't pull me out, 
by the neck, I would have died. And the next day he's like in this full state of euphoria. You know, blacking out actually isn't that big of a deal. Uh, when you black out, your, your body has uh, a, a reflex that will close your larynx for another couple of minutes before you take what's called your terminal breath. So you can black out and be totally fine because you're, when you hold your breath, your body knows what, to, knows what to do. It starts shunting blood away from your extremities. That's why your fingers start getting tingly and it goes uh, to your heart and your brain. So you can black out and it's most likely you won't have any cognitive or brain damage. Um, it's only way past that that then you take your terminal breath and getting water in the lungs is what's bad. And temperature has a big uh, big part to do with this. You know, there's stories of a kid who fell through ice and was underwater for something like 30 minutes and came up and they were able to revive him. Um, but it, it, understanding what happens to us when we're in water is something that I've been really interested in because when your face touches water, your heart rate slows down. Yeah. Um, we are very much meant to be in water. When I was talking about those free divers that go down deep, you know, our lungs will, will shrink to a quarter of the size. Um, you know, our, all of our organs will compress and, and, kind of slide on top of each other in a way that very much seems like it's supposed to happen. When, when we're in the womb over the first couple months, we have, uh, gills, you know this? Mm, I have heard. Yeah. This, there's, yeah. there's a lot, uh, uh That's there's like the a, dolphin, the dolphin theory. Have you, have you, have you tinkered with yeah, that? I wish I knew more about the gills dolphins. thing because that's one of those, like, you know, are talking about passive learning. Like I, that's one of those ones that I yeah. know, but if someone was like, well, where the fuck are the gills, dude? I'm like, ah, I don't know, but they're, <laughs> they're there. I know that they're there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, a baby can hold its breath for almost as long as uh, an adult. Mm. So it's it, like, it was one of the most, it's a weird word to say, but like empowering uh, classes that I've ever taken over those few days, learning how to hold my breath three times as long as I ever could on can, the, can people do that at home? Like we, I would can we break that down. I would recommend it? definitely never do any breath holding by yourself. If you're underwater, yeah. if you want to lay on your couch and hold your breath for until you pass out, no big deal. Do it. There won't be any harm to it. But if you're going to train in a pool, you should have a partner, um, and, and be very aware of, of what you're doing. Because as I said, moments before passing out, you're going to feel great. <laughs> you're not going to feel like, Oh my God, I'm going to pass out right now. I blacked out in one. I've taken a couple of the courses. I blacked out in one and they pulled me up and there's video of it. My lips are blue and I'm doing what they call the Samba. It's like, <laughs> and, uh, I looked around and I said, I could have gone longer. And they were like, um, nah, you just, passed out man and I was like pissed I was like wait no I was almost there I could have done it and I had no idea and it was lights out for me and so that was a cool experience and and again I really can't stress enough if you're going to do any kind of underwater training do it with a, a 
partner and performance free diving is a great organization. Um, but I did the last class and I didn't pass out in this last one. And on the last static was able to hold my breath for five and a half minutes. Whoa. What did you start with? Like three minutes. Damn. And again, if, you know, if I were to hold my breath right now, there's no way I could do that. And also it's kind of a moot point. I think that for my own ego, it's kind of cool. Like, yeah, I can hold my breath for five and a half minutes. But if you're surfing, you're getting held underwater. It's like 20 seconds is a long, long time underwater. Yeah. Because you are gassed and your heart rate is through the roof. So like if you were to take, like, I don't know that I could stay conscious for more than a minute underwater. Hmm. Yeah. The, 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 uh, involuntary contractions earlier, we were talking about like the addiction to social media and all that stuff. That's that same involuntary contraction that you get when you want to reach out for the social media reflex. Yeah. So if you, if we can, it's, it, I think that some of these practices, if you call it like holding your breath, just being, putting yourself in those, like doing hard things, it kind of, it helps you expose you to that other side of the coin of like, what if I didn't reach out for the for the phone. I feel like it's, it's kind of like a savior to, to modern culture. Our bodies doing that, like that kind of yeah, having, having some type of practice where on a regular basis, you think you get to the end of what you, you know, what you thought you could do. And then you realize that that's only a quarter of the way there. <laughs> and you just explore that other three quarters. Very few people in day-to-day culture have anything where they explore the other, two, other three quarters. Yes, I think that the more that we can kind of start to pull that into our daily experience, the more all of a sudden we don't have, we're not as overpowered by things like food. You know, food addiction is such a big thing, which there's, there's like in the, in the Taoist, the Taoist books, they talk about that being kind of like a sexual thing as well. Like you want to be satiated and have contact and put something in, you know, so if you have like a full relationship, you feel a part of a tribe and a community, you feel, you don't feel sexually reprived or, or deprived or, you know, you feel just like filled, then all of a sudden you don't go, Oh, more burrito. <laughs> You're like, no, I'm full. I'm good. You know, so we end up, we, we don't feel fully, we don't feel full in, in the lives that we live. So then we end any type of source that we can find, whether it's money, power, food, you know, what have you, pornography, we reach out to fill this thing. There's a guy, Gabor Mate, you'd be really fascinated by. You're familiar with him? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he wrote a book called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts. And <clears throat> I'm going to mess this up, but the, the uh, we're going to have to fact check on this one as well. Uh, but the, the meaning of that book, <laughs> sorry, the meaning, the meaning of, of the realm of hungry ghosts is a story. It's a mythological story of these creatures that they have these huge, huge bellies, but they have these small mouths and small gullets. And so they can never actually fill up their bellies. So they're, they're endlessly hungry. And he ties that realm of hungry ghosts to, to modern, modern people. Shit's deep. Real talk all day long. <laughs> hey man, that was good. I um, I did not expect to have a vivid picture of myself drinking my own semen um, when I signed up for this podcast. Yeah, so we went, we went in. Thank you for that. Um, yeah. I really felt like I was there, and um, I think I, I have some deep thinking to do (laughs) thank you sir (laughs) that's our show everyone I hope you had a good laugh I'm going to play you out with a song 
by the Sun Salutations called Remedy In Between. These guys listened to the podcast, they sent me some tunes, and I will link to their band page in the show notes under Aaron's episode. If you are a musician and you want your music played at the end of the show, you can head over to my website, kyle.surf, and send it to me. Also, I love getting these voice memos from listeners like you. So it's super simple. All you need to do is click the voice memos app on your phone, record 30 seconds of audio, tell me who you are and where you're listening from, and I would love to play it at the beginning of the show. Uh, You can head over to my website or just email me directly at info at kyle.surf. Finally, I just released a new article that I wrote on my blog, that's kyle.surf slash blog, um, about a recent Chile conservation success. I'm really proud of the way that the article turned out. I wrote it for Adventure Sports Network, um, and uh, you should head over there and check it out if you want to read some writing. All right, my friends, um, until next time, I hope you all have a beautiful day and sit back, relax, And enjoy this song called Remedy In Between. And donate to the podcast. Don't forget, this is a donation-based podcast, and uh, I don't make much money doing this. Um, I love doing it, but I do rely on patrons like you to support the show. So thank you to everyone who does support the show. Um, It really does make the difference. See you soon.
divine.